peoples of the Worldwide Federated Internet. What's good? As you guys can see, I'm not in my normal studio environment, so forgive me if the video is a little laggy. I know I always say that, and you're probably thinking to yourself, I don't notice that at all, but I'm really, I guess, conscientious about my video quality. I, I probably obsess over it more than most people care. So today I was going to talk about um, something specific, seeing that it's Christmas, but then I thought to myself, you know what, that would not be genuine if I talked about anything else other than what I actually studied today. I'm not a preacher. I've said that to you guys before. Some people may disagree. I am a layman. I'm saved. That's it. I read my Bible. This is something that everyone should do. Believers, right? I know there's many people who watch my videos and they think I have some kind of ministry. This is, I don't have a ministry. Uh, I guess you could call this a ministry if you wanted. I'm literally just sharing my thoughts with you that whatever it is I studied that day, that's literally all I'm doing. Whether I was recording this or not, I would be doing the same thing and probably having these discussions with some of my friends. So everybody on here, you are my friends and you are joining me on this Bible study, Bible study journey again. I think this is something that everyone should do. It shouldn't just be preachers who study their Bible in depth. Um, in the book of Acts, the Bereans, when the Apostle Paul came and preached, the Bible says they search the scriptures to see whether those things be so. This should not be something that only preachers do. Preachers are not the only ones with the Holy Spirit after getting saved. This is... Every, every believer has access to this. So this is something we should all do. I know another one of my long intros, but anyway, let's get back to the book of Genesis. All right. Genesis chapter 17 and we are in verse 10 and the Bible says, this is my covenant, which he also shall keep between me and and thy seed after thee, every man child among you shall be circumcised. Now this circumcision is definitely a physical circumcision. The thing about this is this physical circumcision is an allegory, um, just as we saw previously. And this is a representation of something that take takes place spiritually. When you're reading these things in the Old Testament, you have to keep that in mind, right? The Lord Jesus Christ said, search the scriptures for in them, you think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. So all of this stuff is pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ, all of it. This is the, this is the subject and topic of the whole Bible. And if you miss that, you will miss what's being discussed. So 
that word um circumcision i believe i looked it up let me see maybe i didn't did i not write it down i did not write it down so what i'm gonna do live right here on video is i'm gonna go back to my dictionary which i have on my phone so this is the beauty of devices in this day and age you forget something like this looking up a definition you can easily look it up on your phone so let me stop talking so i can spell i can't walk and chew gum at the same time if y'all didn't know all right so circumcise means to cut off um the preface of or foreskin of males a ceremony or rite in jewish and Mohammedan religions and of course we know that this is not just a something that was only to be practiced by hebrews of of birth and lineage and you'll even see that in these passages of scripture and the reason for that is Again, this is a picture of something to come. Well, what is it a picture of? You might say, well, I'm glad you asked. In a book of Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, the Bible says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. We definitely have a lot of that going on today. People being spoiled by different philosophies and vain deceit after traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. If the if the if the focus is not Christ, I give you the side eye for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power in whom also listen to this. Ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Well, we know circumcision is putting something off. Well, well what are we putting off? It says in putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Here's the thing. That Old Testament circumcision was a picture of what the Lord Jesus Christ would do to our sin when we believed on him. He eliminates that sin and puts that sin away. Man, I'm definitely, definitely glad for all of these things um, that we can find even going all the way back to the Old Testament. Again, all of these things testify of the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 11, the Bible says, And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and thee. That word token, I've looked it up before on another video. It means a sign, something intended to represent to indicate another thing or event. This is where people who rest on the law, both the Jews and Gentiles, really miss the point. These things were signs of things to come. They were not the actual things. 
And the Bible actually goes over this in many places within the New Testament. And this is something that many people miss. Unfortunately, is actually missed a lot. And verse, uh, where am I at? Verse 12. And he that is, uh, that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man child in your generations, he that is born in the house and bought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed. So this extends beyond just the children of Abraham's physical lineage. This is everybody within that, within that household. He said, um, uh, every man child in your generations, he that is born in thy house or bought with money of any stranger, which is not thy seed. Now, before people get off on a tangent and oh, see, this is where the Bible supports slavery and blah, 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 blah. Look, if you just go on one verse and you don't even analyze the entire Bible against that one verse, you do yourself a disjustice. Or, yeah, you, you do yourself an injustice. If you want to understand the intricacies of this matter of people bought and sold, just look at the rules that the Bible actually set out for the people who bought and sold. You had to, if you, if you had servants, you weren't allowed to treat your, treat your servants like, like most people throughout history have treated slaves. Your servants had to be paid right, compensated correctly, and treated justly. This, like I said, I can get into a whole nother tangent on that, but I'm going to stop right there before I take the video in another direction. Verse 13, he that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. That word everlasting means lasting or enduring forever, eternal, existing or continuing without end, immortal. Just think about that. All of those uh, people who have who have uh, died in the faith, they are secured eternally. That the 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 promise that God gave here, um, and that the picture He showed cutting off sin, so that we can be in His presence, is an eternal promise without end. I will be in God's presence for eternity. It's a good thought right there. I don't know about you, but I like it. Verse fourteen, the Bible says, "And the uncircumcised man, uh, the uncircumcised man child whose flesh." of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. Now, what is this about? This goes more, uh, a lot deeper than what you just see here, right? These are people that are outside of God's covenant. They are to be cut off. What is this a representation and a picture of? Where there's two things we see in the Bible. One, we find in the book of Luke, chapter 16, um, those of you who are familiar, you will know this Bible account, Luke chapter 16, verse 20 and through 26. Now, I've heard different arguments about these verses. I've heard some people say that, that this is not literal, 
I personally disagree with that for several reasons. One, um, the Bible says, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. So the Bible, so that, that word, again, another one of those words that I did not plan on looking up, which I don't know why I didn't write this in my notes. I should have, because this actually matters and it actually, it actually shows something. So I'm going to, it's a long definition. I uh, might not read it all, but the word certain means sure, true, undoubted, unquestionable, um, that cannot be denied, existing in fact and truth, assured in mind, having no doubts, um, unfailing, always producing the intended effect, um, not doubtful or casual, uh, stated, fixed, determinate, regular, particular. So this reading that reading that definition the lord jesus christ is showing that this is an actual account this actually happened this is not a joke this is not an allegory this is not this is not a parable this literally happened and there was a certain beggar named lazarus i've never seen a parable where the lord jesus christ used literal names Right. So there, there are several indications here that this is definitely 100 percent literal. Anyway, let me get to my point, which was laid at his gates full of sores. Uh, let me see, looking at my notes, trying to see how far I want to go down and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lift up his eyes being in torments and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus, Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, father Abraham, right? Abraham is his father according to lineage. But what he didn't get to, is he is not a child of faith. So he was, he was represented by Hagar, the law, but he never came to faith, which is represented by Sarah. Have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from thence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us um, that would come from thence. So we see here where the rich man was cut off. Why was he cut off? Because he never got to that spiritual circumcision. He never believed and trusted God by faith. And because of that, he was cut off at the moment of physical death. Cut off forever. That was it. He never got to that spiritual circumcision. And that that's what we're seeing in the in the book of Genesis there that is a like I said that's a picture of things to come also what that pictures is there's a 
This is, is I've, I've said this many times and I will say it again. Revelation uh, chapter 20, verse 12 through 15. I don't, I don't read these verses as scare tactics. I'm, I'm, I'm not into that, but it's the truth. This is the truth. This is in the Bible and it's true. The Bible says, and I saw the dead, small and great stand before God and the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Listen to this. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. How do you get in that book? Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He died on a cross. He paid for the sins of the whole world. That's simple. I trust and believe that. And I know some people have a head knowledge of that. They know that, but they've never rested on that. There, there is a difference between knowing something and saying, yeah, that's true. No, that is true for me. The Lord Jesus Christ died for me and paid for my sin. That's what I rest on. But the people who are not found covered by that are cut off at the end. And that's what I believe this is a representation of in the book of Genesis chapter 17. All right. So now we're in verse 15. This is where Sarah gets her name changed. Um, verse 15. And God said unto Abraham, as for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt, uh, Thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name, uh, shall her name be. And the word Sarai means princess and Sarah means noble woman. Verse 16. And I will bless her and give thee a son also uh, of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be mother of nations, uh, kings of people shall be of her. Now listen to what Abraham did next. And I told you before, Abraham is not a perfect man as far as the, the, the actual literal definition of perfect, upright, sound, and complete in God. He wasn't there yet. And there's a re I, I'm fully convinced there's a reason a Bible is showing all of the, all, showing us all of these things about Abraham. God is showing Abraham something about himself that needs to be fixed before he gets to a certain point. And we'll see what that point is. But the Bible says in verse 17, and Abram fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old and shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear? Abraham literally is laughing at a promise that God gave him. Think about that. Now, remember, we saw many instances already through these verses where Abraham was a man prone to doubt. So now we see that that God gives Abraham, proclaims something to Abraham. How, how many things has, has Abraham seen God do at this point? Right? God has done many things and blessed him beyond belief. God promises him this. 
and he laughs. Now, this is, there's many things you can see in this. One of the things you can see in this, when the Lord Jesus Christ was born to a virgin, there's many people uh, within that time that just did not believe that. There's people to this day that do not believe it. What we're seeing here in the book of Genesis is we're seeing a precursor to the things done and how God works. God gave a promise. Believe that promise because he's going to carry through on that. So when God promised a child to Abraham, Abraham literally laughed. He did not. He was not fully convinced. This is this is this is a, a, a person and a figure in the Bible that's referenced often for his faithfulness but we see also abraham's flaws but we see that abraham yeah he wasn't really taking this serious laughed imagine god appearing to you in a vision you know with with assurance 100 with 100 assurance this is god talking to you god gives you a promise and you laugh that's nuts but we're gonna see what God is going to do in Abraham's life. And, and like I said, Abraham is going to get to a point of maturation, a point to where he is perfect and upright before God. And because of all the things God has showed him, even through all of his doubts, Abraham is going to show, finally display his faithfulness and his maturation. This is definitely a wonderful book. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.